Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. It's the JTN Looney Podcast. In three, two, and one. Episode 178. Powered by our friends at Bet Online. JT Lights Camera Jackson and I, in a matter of seconds, are going to break down Shake and Bake, Sauce and Toss, some of the movies that have come out this summer. As the final part of the JTN Looney Summer Series. Lights Camera Jackson is an Emmy Award-winning movie reviewer and probably the best out there right now. Ebert's dead. Siskel's dead. I have had no one to go to when it comes to movie critics. I'm a big admirer of movie critics. I like to, I, I, The same way some people can always pick a good bottle of wine. I don't know how to do that. I do know how to make sure I never see a bad movie. Lights Camera Jackson many times guides me and steers me towards the good ones. And sometimes I see good ones, and I disagree with him when I hear his reviews. But he's terrific, and he's coming up shortly. But first, I have to tell you about BetOnline. You've heard, you've heard me talk about it before. BetOnline.ag is the hypertext transfer protocol, the HTTP. Go there. Look, we got football, the NFL, a week away, less than a week away. How exciting is that? And you can bet on some great futures. I'm sure you can get some great odds on Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl or the Arizona Cardinals, who can't even name their starting quarterback. And once they do, you're going to say, who the hell is that? With the wink and the nod to the Atlanta Falcons and the Indianapolis Colts, who have mystery guys starting at quarterback. I digress. Go to start betting on football. And if you've never opened up an account there before, you get a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. Just type in the promo code BELIEVE, as in the BELIEVE streaming network, B-L-E-A-V, believe and you'll get that 50 percent sign up bonus put down a thousand dollars they'll give you 500 then you'll have 1500 in your account that's how it works bet online where the game starts welcome to the summer podcast series jt and looney the summer blockbuster series as we bring in jackson murphy the acclaimed film critic the media maven our great friend good to see you my buddy as we're wrapping up the summer you look great Hello, thank you. I appreciate that. And now I'm a quarter century old. I'm getting old. In America, knew you as a niño, as a muchacho. Now we know you at 25 as an hombre. 
That's right. That's right. It's good to see the both of you. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, let's let's talk all things of the wacky, unpredictable summer that was in the movie entertainment world. Yeah, and I want to begin first off overall because I want to concentrate on Tom Cruise. I just saw Oppenheimer. I, I I apologize for stalling you out over the last couple of days. I had to go see Oppenheimer. I saw it. Okay. That's all oh right. My God. Oh, my God. There's Barbie mixed in. There's animation. There's a lot of movies overall. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Great movie. Would you say it was a great summer for movies overall? Uh, I think it was an OK summer in terms of quality. Uh, some great films, some great indie films, smaller films. A few of the blockbusters worked. A lot of them didn't. In terms of box office, thanks to Barbenheimer and a few others, the box office was pretty strong this summer. Uh, the comfort zone of people going back to the movies. Again, many of us have been back to the movies. Some who are listening and watching the podcast, maybe they haven't been back at the level they used to be. But what are you hearing throughout the industry about people just being comfortable going, hey, it's a Tuesday night. It's a Wednesday night in the summer. We got anything planned. Let's go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that's back. I think that mentality for a lot of people, even older people, this time last year, uh, Top Gun Maverick was the first movie a lot of older people had gone to in about three years. So I, I think that mentality overall for families especially is back for sure. And how does a 25-year-old define older people? <laughs> who are paying senior <laughs> prices at the movies, which okay. is fine. which is fine. I, okay. you know, I'm for the the cheaper the ticket, the better. That's why this National Cinema Day has worked out so well the past two years. Three dollar tickets last year, four dollars this year. That's what people want. That's the number one thing. People will go to whatever movie it is if the ticket prices are low. Yeah, that's a big topic for me because I always think in life I'm great at getting a deal. I'm a Vegas guy. I always want to. Yes. On everything I do, and the other night before we get to Oppenheimer, I go and I walked in with my wife and I'm like, do you have a Regal app? Do you have your app? Because she always gets free this and that. And she goes, no, I haven't had it for a while. And I went there and I had a medium popcorn with light butter because I don't eat popcorn without butter, light butter. Yeah, right. And then I ordered, I saw Dr. Pepper and I ordered a Dr. Pepper and I ordered a large and I came back with a medium popcorn and a large soda, which was enormous. And my wife's like, why didn't you just get the large popcorn, because I said the medium and the soda was $18. No shot. $18. Yeah, yeah. Terrible, and terrible. I, and I go, she goes, 18? I go, she goes, what else did you get? I go, nothing. I got a large Dr. Pepper, a big one, and the medium popcorn. And I think, Jackson, they got to fix that a little bit. I mean, yeah. I know they got to make money there, and it's like any add-on. You know, you're a, you're a sports fan, and when you're in upstate New York and you want to go downstate to see a Yankee game or you're going to anywhere, you know that the ticket's going to cost so much, but you're going to spend a lot at the ballpark. You are, yes. I think uh, theaters needed to make up some money um, from the lo the lost time when they were closed. But now I think we're, we're far enough back from that where maybe they can start to have some of those concession prices go down a little bit. Right, and I do like when they have, I'm not a membership guy because I'm a leader, not a follower. I don't join clubs. But I used to belong to the Arclight because they gave you a free movie for your birthday and you didn't have to go on your birthday. Oh, the, the club's and, great. The club, yeah, I, they are. And they get the, and the upgrade to the bucket of popcorn, right? You pay for a regular little popcorn. They give you a big popcorn. So that's one way around overspending at the movies. Yeah, and you get free tickets sometimes. If you have enough points, yes. you can use get a free ticket to a movie. So yes, I'm all for jumping in. AMC's got one. Landmarks is brand new, a landmark loyalty program. So yeah, I'm all in on those. Let's jump in with Oppenheimer, the global worldwide release, Christopher Nolan. 
I thought it was fabulous. I gave it four out of five bricks. The highest rated movies are only four and a half to me. It could have been a four and a half, but it was long. I love movies that are great. If they're if they're long, it doesn't affect me because a great movie, I don't want it to end. This was just wow, because it was a history lesson for me. Didn't know much about Dr. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Didn't know much about what was happening after after the bomb was dropped, the two bombs were dropped. And then as they brought in and weaved in Robert Downey Jr. into his role, I think a nomination for him easily. I just thought it was a fabulously acted movie. I thought Christopher Nolan, I'm going to hear things and I'm going to see loud booms and all of that. There was some of that. I just thought the acting was tremendous. Killian Murphy is outstanding. He he deserves to be on Best Actor ballots. He may even win. We'll find out. We got many months to go, but he you're with him the entire time. If you're glued to him, then you're going to have quite an experience. I don't love the movie quite as much as you as a whole. It is long. It's very talky. It goes on a long time. I, I don't think there's as much depth to that Robert Downey Jr. performance as a lot of other people have been saying, but I am thrilled for Emily Blunt, who may finally get an Oscar nomination. She's never had one, but gosh, if there was ever a chance, now is the time. Um, she was very good. And Matt Damon was okay. It, it has its moments. I don't think it's thrilling and compelling throughout, and I have some story structure issues, but Killian Murphy, wow, what a performance. Well, were you good with going back and telling the story and going back to what was happening to Dr. Oppenheimer as a young student who was traveling through Europe to sit down with the best physicists in the world, and as he's trying to figure out his form of physics and what he's going to do in that world and be one of the all-time greats. There's an Albert Einstein piece in the movie, which is fabulous right. to me. And then the next thing you know, I love the pressure and the countdown for the war as Hitler and the Nazis were developing this. And then, Tom, they were trying to tie in, well, wait a second. Remember, that's when the Russians were our allies. Right. And we knew the Russians were bad people. And we knew if we gave them our secrets, let alone try to keep their spies out of our labs, that would eventually, Jackson, come back to haunt us. I thought they did a brilliant job, Nolan, in piecing that story together of how complicated that time was building the bomb. Yeah, I like the middle hour of Oppenheimer the most, the lead up to the bombs and the testing and and making that work. A lot of the trial aspects to me, not as compelling, not as interesting. Um, we've seen I've seen a lot of movies lately. Uh, Golda, the Helen Mirren film where she plays Golda Meir. Her also on trial, looking back on her actions and should she be charged for her actions? It's the same kind of deal with Oppenheimer. I don't think that's quite as thrilling, exciting, interesting, or powerful as what Oppenheimer was actually doing. So I like the lead up, the, the talkiness, not as much of a fan of. Golda Meir, born and raised in Kentucky, fun fact. Now, I want to know this. What were the structure issues you had with Oppenheimer? Um, the back and forth was a little much. The the going back and forth from black and white to color was a little much. The timeline was a little odd. Um, early, the scenes with Florence Pugh, I couldn't get into the momentum fully. So yes, not not his best movie, Nolan, I still believe is Dunkirk. I still believe Dunkirk is Christopher God, Nolan. what a great movie. It is. It is. The way he structured that with the three storylines and how it all came together at the end and that power punch of emotion, I think, succeeds more than the structure here in Oppenheimer. Well, what I love about Christopher Nolan is he just dropped Rami Malek in. Oh, nothing. Academy Award winner for Best right. Actor playing Freddie Mercury. I like Jack Quaid in the movie. And then also my wife couldn't believe whatever happened to Josh Hartnett. 
He had a right. big role in this movie. Where was this guy for the last 15 years in movies? So I, I love the fact that they were adding in actors throughout the movie that I was saying, oh, wait a second. This is a big moment in the movie, maybe the biggest, and it's Casey Affleck. And, right, and right. I love that Nolan had the ability to put that together. What is that like when filmmakers go mm. out to actors like this and say, you will not be the star of the movie. We have Gillian Murphy to do that but we're going to bring you in in some type of ensemble piece. What's that like? Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to be in a Christopher Nolan movie. Right. So everybody wants to say yes or reunite with him. Gary Oldman. I think the Gary Oldman scene in this yeah. is very good. Um, so, Truman. Yes. Oh, so my the God. Reunion... He played Truman in the White House. I know. Gary Oldman. It was unbelievable. Right. Who was so good as Winston Churchill in Darkest Hour. I'm glad he won the Academy Award for that. So, yeah, it's everybody wants to jump in. Everybody wants to be a part of this. And Universal, look, Warner Brothers was with Nolan uh, for 20 years with all his movies. He went to Universal now with this and look at what it's done. And maybe he'll stick with them for the next movie. We'll have to see. Uh, Jackson Murphy joins us on the podcast, JT and Looney, as we look at the summer blockbusters. Just a few more on Oppenheimer because award season's far away. I just think there was some great acting performances here. Do you think this is going to be one of the movies, and you don't love it, that's going to have 11, 10, 11 nominations, best picture, director, actor? I think Downey is your best supporting actor right now. You got Downey there. You could have a best supporting actress, as we talked about some of the other actresses here. Does it have the feel that the, the Academy is going to look at a movie like this and say it was such a smart movie and a big-budget movie, we're going to reward it? I think, and the older, I'll, I'll use that phrase again, the older Academy members, yes, will also jump in on this and some of the younger ones as well. I do think, especially with other movies dropping out now, moving to next year, like Dune Part 2, that took away a lot of slots uh, or opens up a lot of slots in the uh, technical categories, whether it's uh, makeup and hair or costume design or production design, visual effects. Um, so yes, I think Oppenheimer could be a Best Picture nominee, one of the 10 director he's never won he his first nomination was dunkirk so we'll see killian murphy's got to be in there emily blunt downey jr probably will get in at this point um and then yeah the writing and the music um will probably be nominated yeah it could get double digits when it comes to academy award nominations and academy award winners when you cheer for someone to win are you looking for someone who has a performance daniel day lewis i'm performing or someone who has a more seamless, realistic style. Hmm. So I guess it's the performance. I mean, that's the right. fun part about the award season is you're rooting for people based on the performances than the films that you like the right. most. So you're going along that ride. That's why because some actors don't like the word performance. Right, because they yeah. they want to be more immersive and sync themselves in. But yeah, you're right. rooting. I think more of liking the performance than the person. But if you have a personal connection to a certain person that's nominated, I respect, then yes, I think you, you root for them too. That's an interesting question. Yeah. It's, it's lights camera Jackson for everybody. It's a must follow LCJ reviews. He's been a friend of ours for a long time. A legendary movie critic sat down on the couch with Jay Leno was real dear friends with Regis Philbin, who I recently saw on Facebook, you posted his passing again on the anniversary of his death. You always mm -hmm. make sure you remind everybody of how great Regis was to you. Yes, and this year uh, I decided to go to where he is buried. He is buried at Notre Dame. 
And so went wow. to Indiana. Oh, oh my God. It, his beloved Notre Dame, he is buried at the cemetery there. And uh, I went there um, to see the grave on the third anniversary of his passing. And it was something I felt like I, I had to do. Uh, and it was it was nice to be able to do that. Regis was an incredible uh, friend and an influence on my life. Well, we'll go into that a little bit because, you know, I, I know one of the reasons you had to do it. It's the right thing to do, but it's because you knew him. Why did you have to? Um, It's just... It, it, it's something I felt like um, needed to have bucket list kind of thing. I realized, you know, if if I have the chance and I had a few day window to go to Indiana, stop by Cleveland for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and some other places, thought, you know what? On the anniversary, I have the time to do it on the day. It's a micro yeah. question, Jackson. Tell the listener, both of them, <laughs> why you uh, why you needed to go and what he did for you, how he was to you. Regis inspired me, along with the late Roger Ebert, who was incredible as well. Regis inspired me to get into broadcasting, television, talking about movies, interviewing people, sharing my opinions, uh, just being myself in front of the camera or in front of a microphone. Um, and as a friend, uh, we had met up on many occasions. I sort of knew the last time I saw him had a feeling, you know, if this was the last time, it felt like a good last time. And that mm -hmm. was a couple years prior. So... Yes, to be able to go to Notre Dame, a place he loved, a place that has a, a theater performing arts center named after him there, um, a place he loved, a football team that he loved, and being at that campus for the first time, which is incredible. Um, it's something I had to do, I needed to do, I wanted to do, and I'm so glad I did it. I'm happy you shared that with us. Uh, Jackson Murphy is our guest, our summertime series of podcasts, JT and Looney, as we wrap it up. And we wanted to talk mostly about movies here, but Regis had an impact on you. He was a mentor to you. You saw the campus for the first time and you tied in Regis. That's very important. A lot of people tie in that campus for the first time because they see a performance or they go to a Notre Dame football game. You did it for the right reasons. Bravo. Thank you. All Thank right. You. I have a bit that I worked on. I don't do a lot of bits. Wow. A bit. I, I worked it out. I worked it out in a pool. In a pool, I'm very comfortable in a swimming pool. Right. It's 108 degrees as we... You were a legendary swimmer at your high school. I was a swimmer. I was a very good swimmer growing up. So I'm in the pool with my wife and a bunch of friends. And you used to groom that. long before everyone else. I did. I shaved down. Uh, <laughs> so we're sitting there in the pool. and We're talking about movies, having a conversation like this. And I got very vocal and very animated when I said, Tom Cruise is now officially the greatest actor of all time. Everybody looked at me and said, what'd you say? I go, it's over. And they said, what do you mean? And I was prepared to tell them the movies and the dramatic pieces he's in is some of the greatest I've ever seen. Ron Kovic on the 4th of July, Ron Kovic's from my hometown, a Massapequa, a few good men, right? Then we go to some of the great movies that he's ever done. I'm just talking dramatic roles in Rain Man. Rain Man. He really should have been an Academy Award. Beautiful so movie. The, the Academy failed him. But then when he saved the movies with Top Gun, we get it. But when I saw Mission Impossible and when he did the motorcycle stunt off mm. the mountain, okay, and practiced it and then free falled with the parachute and landed it, there wasn't someone he handed off to in the sky who landed for him. He did it on his own. I said that Stallone could never do this. Schwarzenegger could never do this. Nobody could ever do this. So I think he has the chops of De Niro. He has the chops of Brando. He has the chops of my favorite, Daniel Day-Lewis and Tom Hanks. And none of them could ever do it. None of them could ever do this. So, Jackson, I have moved Tom Cruise <laughs> not only into the Mount Rushmore, 
I'm calling him, in my opinion, the greatest actor of all time. Wow, what a statement. He's up there. I think he is for his contributions to cinema and for his acting, Jerry Maguire as well. What a great film. Even Rock of Ages a decade ago, he was just fearless. He is fearless when it comes to acting, movie making, telling stories. What he was it, so Magnolia? What was the one with the raining frogs where he played? Magnolia, the he was in Magnolia. Oh. So he is he is the movie star. He is still a movie star, but it's Mission Impossible movie, which I thought the last one should have been the last one. This one I thought was just okay and didn't make a lot of money because it got overshadowed by Barbenheimer. So his star meter, which was so high last summer with Top Gun Maverick, has come down a little bit because of the underperformance of Mission Impossible. Well, wait a second. We've had De Niro do some of the worst comedies in the history of <laughs> cinematic theater. We've seen duds for Tom Cruise. Nothing against uh, Otto, but we've seen a good movie. But we yeah. have, we've seen Cruise put together a library of some of the great dramatic performances. I want to get back to the stunts. He's okay. doing his own stunts that are visibly impossible, life-threatening and dangerous. And he's doing it now all the time. So if right. he just did it once and it was the biggest send-off of his career, his evil can evil moment, I get it. But Jackson, he's doing it in every movie and he's carrying these movies. I think that's a big part of being a cinema legend. And yeah. how are they how are they gonna get him an Academy Award? How are they is it really gonna just be a lifetime achievement award? Yes, yes. yes. It will because but there's I nothing wrong with, but still I, I it would be nice if it was for a film. It would. I don't think he's going to do many dramatic unless he makes a career shift and says, I'm finally done with these action movies for a while. I'm going to do a dramatic role, then maybe. But I don't think that's going to happen in the next five years. Um, so it will be it will be a career achievement Academy Award. So yes. he's not going to make a shift and play Groucho Marx in a film or anything. Yeah. I don't think yeah. unless somebody says, Tom, it's time. But he's so focused on these action movies still. I think that's where he's at. OK, wow. All right, I did not go see Barbie. I did not. Uh, my wife went, and the girls had a girls' night out. And by the way, what did your wife think? Because your wife's a good movie critic. Yeah, she, my wife, my wife liked it. She liked yeah, it. Because your wife told me it. to go see The Devil Wears Prada. I never would have gone to see Great The movie. Devil Wears Prada. Great movie. And yeah. now I can watch it anytime it's on television. I didn't go see Barbie, and I'm assuming your wife would tell me to go. People have been telling me to go. Why should we go? Yeah, why, what worked, Jackson, with Barbie? Why was it like the perfect storm with Oppenheimer? Why did those two movies work, especially Barbie, who's with that movie's done better than Oppenheimer, correct? Right, yeah. Barbie, a uh, phenomenon. The marketing for Barbie was insane. Yeah. Uh, people had in their minds this contrast of movies, but the need to see both on this date. Both of these movies had this date secured for over a year. So it was the buildup and the anticipation of I need to see both and I need to see both on the same day, which I did. I went to Barbie at one theater at three o'clock. I went to Oppenheimer at another theater at seven o'clock. Oh, so great. I did Barbenheimer. I did it in the order that is the correct order. You okay. should see Barbie first and then you should see Oppenheimer second. Okay. I I want you know I wanted to get the comedy in and then experience the drama. Um I didn't love Barbie. Um I think it's very preachy. It's very in your face social messages and the messages themselves are fine, but the way they are just thrown in your face 
it's overwhelming. It's too much. It's repetitive. It's over and over again. There are also sections that are just not funny. There are sections that are quirky and interesting and different. There's a couple scenes with Rhea Perlman that I think are interesting. But as a whole, um, I didn't go to want to go to a Barbie movie to, to be taught like a school lesson or to learn a lot. I want to have a good time and relax and party, Barbie, have fun. This is a movie where it's like, sit down and let me tell you what's going on. That okay. was Greta Gerwig's wow. motivation. And a lot of people are saying that. So a lot of people are saying, how dare you use a movie like this with two gorgeous stars, male and female, and make it preachy and have a message when you know children are going to the movie. Adults mm -hmm. are going to accompany the children to the movie. You're getting older. You're 25 now. You started this out as an adolescent, and you feel you felt like they, they were kind of pushing something at you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, without question. And the movie's not for kids. It's really not. Um, anybody under 10, 11 is not going to understand the layers and layers and layers that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach want to express about um, women versus men in society, about uh, cultural identity, mm -hmm. uh, about a place in society for everyone, about uh, values. So yes, there's all, so much of that. This movie is not for kids and there's some innuendo and there's a little bit of language. Ooh. So yeah, it's it's not a kid's movie. Well, yeah, like well, most movies aren't kid's movies. Look at most movies aren't kids' movies. We've got we've got social messaging. We're grooming kids all the time that war is normal, that shooting people is normal, and we're worried about Barbie. We're worried about Barbie and look at what look at how we've groomed kids for for 50 years that war is normal and war is glamorous. And we have, a, we have a successful film critic here and part of his job, part of his job oh, is to tell us what the experience is like going to a movie. Yeah, well, part of my job as a talk show host is to get up on a soapbox. Well, I, thought Jackson, <laughs> I thought Jackson for a moment that was talking about ESPN when he was talking about ESPN, ESPN Disney there for a second, wink, wink. But you know, a very important part of what you said about Barbie and you didn't love Oppenheimer and you didn't love Mission Impossible is the job of a movie critic, especially as good as you, is to encourage me to go see a movie at all cost, especially now coming off of COVID. It's your job to say, please, please spend your money and go to this film or go out of your way and say, please do not go to this film. A, you're wasting your money. You, the critic, has credibility to save some money, and then you have to back it up with a message, and you did that right there. Well, I also think it's your job to tell us exactly how you feel more than telling us to go to the movie you're not you're not the economic czar for the united states of america to tell us but i, I just i remember when roger ebert this will be a long question but with a great story because i know you love roger he yeah. saw jackass and he was so embarrassed because he laughed through the entire movie <laughs> and he loved jackass and as a full grown ass man probably his 60s or 70s he had to look into the camera and say i loved this movie and i was missing jokes because i was laughing so long at the previous joke and it's, I mean, that is your job to more than provide economics for the movie industry is to watch a movie and tell us how you feel. Well, yeah, it's both. It's both. It is. Okay. Yeah. It's right. how do I feel? And it's look, everybody's got, you know, money is tight. Money is tight. Some people only go to a movie once a year, twice a year, once a month, whatever the case may be, or the streaming services, which keep going up, 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 up per month. Save your money. 
don't watch this one, wait for this one, wait for this on DVD, rental, whatever the case may be. Um, it's funny, I was watching a movie, a part of a movie again the other night, RV with Robin Williams. That's one of those movies where it's so outrageously dumb and ridiculous. But I remember with my mother on Mother's Day 2006, just laughing so hard while watching this movie. Huh? The whole theater was crazy. It's a ridiculous movie, but it's a funny movie. So yes, those do happen. <laughs> right. Well, as we as we mentioned streaming there, as we got the 10 minute warning here, as we look at streaming going forward, I chopped the cord. I no longer am a direct TV household. That took a lot. Wow. It took wow. a lot. Yeah. I'm just used to my remote, my channels. So we're YouTube TV, uh, your demographic and my sons. And now I'm breaking into YouTube TV. I have a sweat every time I grab the remote. Don't know exactly how to do it. <laughs> uh, I stream the bear on fx this Ooh. culinary show which i think is going to just run away with the emmys a brilliant show i'm streaming more and more documentaries i'm waiting for movies to come on the streaming services i'm a big hbo max which is now max looney hates that we already did a podcast makes no How sense did you work so hard to get, get hbo and then change it uh, to max yeah cola coca-cola changing its name to pepsi Right. This is already a Cinemax. What do you mean? What do you Max? Okay, so don't Jackson, get tell everybody on the way out, what are some of your streaming services that you can't live without? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm fortunate as a member of the press to have complimentary access to many of those or many of the films that come, which is nice. You know, it's it's tough because a lot of good quality shows are on all the different ones. Um, and a lot of people got to pick and choose. I think some will absorb into others. I do think Hulu will absorb into Disney Plus within the next two years. I think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know how many others are going to survive. I know Peacock is struggling. They're all struggling. Warner is a mess right now. Overall. So you can't say Peacock sucks because they give you free Peacock? I can't say Max is terrible because <laughs> I just got complimentary access to Max for being a critic's choice. But I do all think right. Warner is not in a great financial state right now. That's how I'll word that. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's tough for families. I mean, Disney Plus is good, um, but it's it's tough. Apple's got some good, you know, you got to pick and choose because uh, it's tough. It's tough. I think that some will absorb into each other or go away, though, in the next few years. I, I think they have to. What, I, what I'm proud of with you and our friendship here is you're only 25. You've been a film critic for a long time, and you got through this COVID era, which had to be scary at one point, taking away your life not only as a film critic, but someone who loves films going, you knew in the back of your mind, correct, they weren't going to take away films away. You knew you were going to go back to the theater, but at what point was it the lowest point Ooh. where you said, wow, I mean, I actually don't know what's going to happen next. Wow. Uh, we're getting deep here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because I didn't know when the theaters were coming back. Um, I think once the first vaccine was announced, uh -huh think the confidence started to rise and could go, okay, the confidence for enough people to come back will be there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little uneasy for a little bit, but I remember second or third weekend going, all right, there's still some movies that the streamers are putting out and then um, that people just have to find. And then when Trolls World Tour was taken from theaters to a direct VOD, Universal said, we're putting this on VOD, we need it for families, which was only like the fourth week into the pandemic. I thought, okay, we're gonna change the dynamic of the movies, but we have to do this for right now. I'm gonna roll with it and we're gonna see what happens. So I don't think there was too much uncertainty overall of would movies go away. The theatrical experience was a little more up in the air, but it was just about rolling with this new streaming simultaneous world. That is good life advice. No matter what's happening, 
especially if you can't change it, roll with it. See what happens. Mm, absolutely. I think, you know, the first Academy Awards when it was uh, at the different place and there were only a few people, you just got to roll with it. And we had to see how it was going to go. That award season, you know, everybody will go along with something once. If you ask people to do something a little different a second time, uh, but um, just rolling with it to, to see what happens. I'm doing yeah. the same with pronouns, you guys. I'm just rolling with it. I love words. Hey, there's new words. Well, that, that doesn't affect you, believe me. Pronouns, you 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 have a you your language, you have no That's language right. barrier. Language well, police. Last one. I think it's a good way to end on this with the writer strike. I was just in Los Angeles with Tom. It's affecting everyone, not just mm, the yeah. writers in the studios and the shows, but the grips and the florists and the dry cleaners. Everybody is affected by this. Cannot believe it. There are a lot of people hurting. There yeah. are some shows that aren't on TV. I don't miss Jimmy Kimmel. I don't miss Jimmy Fallon. I don't miss Stephen Colbert for a lot of reasons. And there's now live shows that you don't have to have 12 writers. People are just going out there looking into a camera like us, and they're talking and they're making entertainment. What is your big takeaway on how this strike ends? How do they come together so we can get back to normalcy again? Yeah. Well, no one can agree on anything in this world anymore. So, of course, this is going to go on and on and on. It, it truly will. It's a tough spot for a lot of people, the writer's strike, the actor's strike. Um, I think the writer's one will be resolved before the actor's one, which may not be until the holidays. I think at the holiday point, people are going to go, they're going to have the holidays on their mind. They want a resolution. They want a happy ending to this, and, and it will be resolved. How? They're just going to have to compromise on some things and and move on but but have it be fair enough for everybody involved um it's tough it's tough for everybody it is and more it, movies it, it, played it, it would be nice and it's something we have to get back to in our culture in general overall that if we don't agree on something it doesn't mean you're a bad person right and the uh whether it's politics or the unions and the and the owners and the and the producers uh it's uh, we have to come to a common ground. These are all human beings here with bills to pay and uh, careers that they enjoy or jobs they enjoy. And and finding common ground is always really important rather than pitching the uh, other person as the enemy because they disagree. Well, if there wasn't a good strike, we wouldn't have Hoffa. We wouldn't have Norma Ray and Sally Fields standing oh, with the sign right. in the factory. If you're looking at me, right. what a, no prop here. So strikes happen. If there but... wasn't a strike, we would never have had cops. If there wasn't a writer's strike or the Kardashians, what would we do? Oh, yeah. Reality TV, right. Reality TV, game shows that they, yes. they thrived with COVID and now they're thriving again because this is what's allowed to still be on, on television. Right yeah, and, and the writer's strike in 87 brought us cops. They, hey, what was that show? You know, if guys at Fox were like, what was that with, with the guy wired around the backseat of a car with a camera? And that's how we ended up with cops. And that's when other people got ideas for a lot of What's reality with shows. Fox now that Skip Bayless is a six million dollar a year moderator, yelling at Richard Sherman and others to try to get a word in. Jackson, where can everybody find you? You're one of the most successful critics with upside. We love what you do. How can all of our viewers and listeners find you? Thank you. I'm on Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, mm. at LCJ Reviews, Instagram at Lights Cam Jackson. The website is lights-camera-jackson.com and a lot of great interviews with a lot of animation makers and more uh, at Podbean, lcj.podbean.com with the LCJ Q&A podcast and animationscoop.com. Wow. Ask him to talk about himself and he becomes 10 times more articulate than he already is. He is very good. <laughs> uh, thanks, my friend. Thanks for wrapping up our summertime series. Uh, just summertime with JT and Looney. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.
Thank you for listening to all 33 minutes and 33 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. Powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.